Isn't she wasting her prayers on somebody who doesn't exist? Who doesn't exist? This, uh, this tuttle you made up. Who says I made him up? Don't con me. He's a figment of your imagination. And what makes you think you're not? Hi, welcome back to Draining the Swamp. I'm Zach. I'm Maxie. Uh, still trying to get the timing right on that. It, I'm, I haven't gotten the uh, muscle memory back up yet because we keep spending two weeks between episodes. Okay, this, this time, time we had a good reason. This time we had a good reason. We were very lazy. <laughs> this time we had a good reason, uh, which is you need hands to work a computer and that doesn't work when you're a puddle. <laughs> So, I so I said like either last episode or the episode before. It gets really stuffy in both our rooms because like we only have these west-facing windows. In my case, it's like this entire wall, mm-hmm. um, and there's not a lot of great airflow. So, like it's legit, like at least ninety degrees in both our rooms in the daytime right now. Uh and I kind of just don't wanna. Like that's what it came down to. Chicago got hit by a pretty bad heat wave, so... It wasn't even that bad. It was in the 90s. That's awful up this north. You kidding me? It's hit... I've seen heat waves here hit over 100, and those are the... Those are the, like, check-in on the elderly people around you kind of heat waves. Uh, anyway, I never felt closer to my boys at the 4077 out in the, uh, Lijongbu heat. I assume. It's hot there, right? Except when it's cold there. Except when it's... Yeah, that means... Well, that means it's hot there, because at night it gets cold, right? Are you saying it's a desert? I don't think it's a desert. Yeah, they just shoot in a desert, I guess. It looks like a desert. Like in... Yeah, by the way, the the window is wide open, because we need, like, some sort of breeze or airflow in here so you're gonna hear traffic noise that's just how it is um zach what have you been up to besides dying of sweat well so i've been mining and crafting because that's the only video game that exists to me now like literally all i've been doing for the past week and a half is just trying to escape the heat by just playing a bunch of minecraft uh So yeah, noises like that are gonna happen. Um, so, no, I, so, I see the logic though, because you know if you're in a cave in the game, it's like you're in a cave in real life. Yeah, so that's how I'm cooling down. Well, so like I've been mining and crafting. You've been building. I have. I've been Dragon Quest building too. Is that cooling you down? Well, the second level is a desert. Yeah, I was so. about to say, it seems like that game is very sunny, actually. The third level was uh, in the snow, so that was nice. Okay. The game's kind of weird, and I'm not... Sh- I think it's going to end up uh, being one of those games where I'm like, yeah, that part sucks, that part sucks, this mechanic is a pain in the ass. Great game, though. You know? I'm, I'm just really glad that... Um 
I was like, hey, you want to play Minecraft with me? And then you decided to play a game that is basically Minecraft, but specifically not Minecraft. Well, then I got Minecraft. Yeah, so then really what happened is over the the past like three days, I did convince Maxie to get Minecraft so we could play Minecraft together. But uh, despite being the best-selling game of all time, you know, I got to cut them some slack. They're a small indie studio, only 600 employees, I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're owned by one of the most powerful tech companies around, so that probably hurts things. It, it, it's, it's difficult to make um, internet connectivity work in Minecraft, and it always has. You know, they've actually talked to Bill Gates himself about it, and he played the game, and he was just like, I don't know, guys. There aren't enough mini games in this. Yeah, he, he he just wants to play Fusion Frenzy three. They need to put out Fusion Frenzy three. No, they don't. Yeah, they listen. The Xbox does not have enough mass appeal. Super Fusion Frenzy. You can't see me, but I'm nodding enthusiastically. <laughs> so, because we were too lazy to record an episode last week, I said. We should at least make up for it by watching four episodes this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see how that goes. I'm already like feel like it's too hot in this room. I'm already sweating a little bit. Here's the thing: like I'm on meds that make me run a little hot too. So like this is blot out the sun is what I say. We talk a lot about how, well, not on the show, but, you know, in our circles, we talk a lot about, you know, how um, government response to climate change is based entirely on, what if we just found a solution that didn't require us to rethink anything about society? But honestly, listen, if they can figure out cloud seeding technologies, I'll take it. Just like You keep bringing out cloud seeding technologies, and I feel like you're talking about, like, My Little Pony. I would take that too. Just I, they they do have weather machines there. Anyway, we need to talk about Mash because the longer we put it off, the longer we'll be sitting here smelting in a furnace of Minecraft. When, when I could be doing something like smelting in Minecraft. Uh, uh, should we start with season one, episode fourteen? Season four. Oh, se- season four. Season one, episode fourteen. Love story. In this ep, uh, Radar knows what sex is, so does everyone else, and Hawkeye befriends a girl with a terrible curse. Oh wait, that was what I said for the last episode, because it's the same episode! They made the same episode twice. Now in fairness, this time Radar is the lovelorn one. Yes, so so last episode we had Edwina, who's the unfuckable clumsy girl that no one wants to be with. Not my words. Those are the show's words. It's weird that they could say unfuckable back on CBS in the 70s. Well, I don't think it was one of the seven dirty words, technically speaking, so. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, yeah, now it's it, in uh, this episode, there's like some very smart, learned girl coming to camp and Radar is too stupid to talk to her. Oh, oh gosh, I'm, I'm just an autistic-coded country bumpkin boy who likes comic books and milkshakes. I don't know about Chopin, Mozart. It, honestly, I'm glad they gave us autistic Botch. dumbass representation. 
Because Lord knows I've been uh, craving seeing myself on screen. Well, so like, okay, we just got to talk about this quote. We just got to jump right into it. Just front load it? Yeah, so I'm just going to play it. I I had an imaginary friend when I was a little boy. Terrific. Her name was Shirley. Your imaginary friend was a girl? Mm Mm-hmm. What'd she look like? Like me? Only with tiny little breasts. Out! Out! Now, what other possible reading in our circles could we possibly give this line? This is one of those classic respond-to-the-quote-tweet prompts with, like, how did you know? (laughs) And then the tweet is that exact quote. You know how uh, Radar got, like, a spinoff or whatever? Yeah. Should have been him and Klinger, just, like, roommates in the swinging 60s. Hell yes. I can't... It, it ends with one of them... It, it ends with them at Stonewall. I was about to say, I can't believe Klinger was at Stonewall. <laughs> so, yeah, like, so... Radar's acting weird in this episode, and not just and in, not like, ju- the and, transgender and way. And not just because he's uh, an egg, apparently. Um, you know, he, he's getting his typical extremely big lunch. Like, is that a Radar trait that's been established at this point? It, radar's big eater trait has been established, but it's weird because, like, that's not something I associate with him. Mm-hmm. But it's something they've been really pushing in season one. Like, there are several scenes where Radar just has a ton of food on his plate in the mess hall, and he's just, like, eating like crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, so, like, the whole joke in this scene is that he sits down with, like, a huge pile of wings. I wish I had a pile of wings. Uh, Sorry, I'm just thinking about having wings. Um, And he doesn't... On a plate or on your back? (laughs) Um... And he doesn't want to eat any, so, like, you know, Trapper and Hawkeye know something's up. So they corner him and uh, realize he basically got a Dear John record. Mm-hmm. A, a Dear John uh, voicemail from, apparently, he was engaged to someone back home. Uh, and not anymore. Uh Specifically, she left him for another guy who is also recorded on the vinyl, because I guess he was just there. And he sounds like a cross between uh, Nelson Muntz from The Simpsons and, like, a general hick impression. Yeah, just, just like the, um, as much shorthand for, what a bum, that they could fit into a voice message of, like, the, the girl's like, sorry, Walter... Because that's Radar's name, which is fucked up. He doesn't look like a Walter to me. Well, Uh, you know, it was different in the 50s. Hey, something we realize, or at least something that I realized in a later episode this week. They mentioned growing up during the Depression, and I was like... Yeah, they did I guess they're all in like their 20s or early 30s in the 50s, so yeah, the math checks out. I I looked it up. Apparently Hawkeye is 36 at the beginning of the show. Damn, and he's like... He got drafted? I guess he's a, you know, he's not a frontline combatant, but still, that seems, like, fucked. What, you would rather them draft, like, fresh out of medical school 18-year-old doctors? 
I, I mean, I'd rather they not go to war in the first place, but... Oh, yeah, I think you two are on the same page with that one. I mean, they drafted Frank. He has his own, like... Apparently, he has his own practice that he owns. Yeah, that's true. But he wants to be here because he's a pervert, so... Um... But Hawkeye and Trapper are going to try and get Radar a new date. Yeah. Because, uh, like with Edwina, they're like, okay, we'll just hook him up with somebody else and he'll get out of his funk. Yeah. Well, we, we, we can't leave this boy without a fuck. Rebound relationships are always the best idea. <laughs> I joke, but honestly, after my last breakup, I got on the rebound and it went really well for me. So there's nothing wrong with it at all. That's what I'm saying. So, th- so you're saying the character um, uh, Radar ends up with in this app will become a beloved secondary character through the rest of the series. Yeah, just like Oliver and Hojan. And just like Edwina. Um, I like I liked the scene in which Radar is trying to explain to Hawkeye like how he's feeling. And he's just like mixing his metaphors, saying just some real dorky shit. He says... I struck out in the World Series of Love. And I liked that one. I liked how, how bad it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, luckily for Radar, uh, nobody wants to fuck him already, but there's some new lady officers on the base. And he has a little meet cute where he's like, oh, I'll help you with your luggage. Oh, our hands oh, accidentally <laughs> touched. Ugoo. Yeah, the... I've never understood the meat cute. Especially when the meat's not that cute. Um, you know, it's just filmmaking, storytelling shorthand, Man. you know? There are just more authentic ways to do it, I guess. I mean, if we're talking authenticity, we're not talking about, like, a 22-minute sitcom. They gotta pack this shit in. There's no chemistry between these two, is what I'm saying. Oh, absolutely not. Like, not even, like, like... The actors. Uh, so yeah, like the, the radar is intimidated because he is not on this girl's intellectual level. Uh, so Hawkeye tries to teach him some basic phrases he can say to make him seem like he's cultured and that he's understanding. Mm-hmm. But really, radar just like forgets how to construct sentences. It's like if it's like uh, you know it's the Cyrano play, but they don't want to do the thing where they're like standing outside and whispering to him, so they just like I've never. If she says Bach, you go Ah oh, Bach. Yeah, and then and inevitably he deploys these phrases at inappropriate times, even though it seems like you should just be able to know by context. Yeah, he he kind of acts like a robot in this, like ten if Bach. Print. Ah, yeah. Bach. <laughs> um, I will say, I, I really enjoyed the scene where the Hawkeye's, like, starting to play matchmaker. He's getting a feel for the new girl. Uh, he's like, actually, this is a great bottle of wine. Uh, it's got a picture of a vineyard on the label to show that it's made of grapes. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed you chuckled at that line. So, that that goes on the list. Honestly, I, we're, we're kind of, like, joking about this app, like, oh, it's, this is kind of a hokey sitcom plot. And it is, but it has some good one-liners. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't written poorly. I just think the uh, the premise is a little weak. Yeah. 
Uh, anyway, obviously Houlihan complains. Because somebody has to be the villain, and it's either Frank or Houlihan. Yeah, and what's the actual complaint? That uh, she's an officer and isn't supposed to be in a relationship with the, like... An enlisted man, yeah, basically. Who cares about that one? Like... I, okay, no, listen... I gotta take Houlihan's side on this one. There's a very good reason for that regulation. Okay, you know what? Now that I think about it for two seconds, it is kind of like one of those, like, professor dating their students kind of problems. So, it's fine if Radar becomes the Flame Emperor. They describe him as a nearsighted prepubescent corporal with six toes on each foot, so I guess that's uh, radar foot lore Yeah, for all the freaks in the audience. Uh, oh, there's a good bit of physical comedy here, too, where um, I think it's Houlihan who salutes Henry, and he salutes back, but he's wearing his like fishing lore hat, so he, just, right, he yes. gets himself on a hook. Uh, this might have been my favorite joke of this group of four episodes. I really liked it. Uh, I don't know if we have a quote for this, but basically, Hawkeye and Trapper are like, okay, well, we're gonna f- just ruin Frank and Houlihan's relationship until they relent, uh, and... So they just out- knock out Frank with chloroform. They do knock out Frank with chloroform, but before they do that, uh, they, like... Th- like, Frank and Houlihan are flirting at one of those military informational film things they draw Houlihan away and then hawkeye is just like rubbing up on frank's thigh yeah this is when like this ep kind of turns into a different ep in the middle where it just kind of becomes about ruining frank and Houlihan's date again Mm -hmm. which i feel like is half of most of the episodes that we're watching now it's about right um meanwhile uh radar and the the girl i actually don't remember her name i don't know if they gave us a name they had to have given they us had a to name. have given her a name um are actually hitting it off somehow even though like radar is an idiot essentially just like talking to a brick wall that says box sometimes um i really don't think this relationship's gonna work out uh is that because the last scene of the episode is Radar s- straight up asleep while his girlfriend is info dumping? Yeah. <laughs> if if you can't handle an autistic girl info dumping to you about Italian poets, you don't deserve her. Are you good? I was getting some water, but also I was trying to think if I know any Italian poets I could info dump about. Yeah, who's your favorite Italian poet? Never really read much. Uh, Ita- I'm not really a poetry girl in general. I'm more about prose. I do have one strong poetry opinion. Fuck a villanelle. A what? A villanelle. It's a particular type of poem with a fucking really shit rhyme scheme that I hate. We learned about him in high school. Oh, there's some more traffic sounds for you. Yeah, I guess somebody mailed the Jeep home. They're giving a little text drive. Anyway, that's the first episode. Honestly, you know, like I said, we busted uh, we busted this one's balls a little bit, but 
pretty good. It was better than the previous one that it preceded. So slowly iterating on the concept. I think by the third time we revisit this concept, maybe um, maybe Henry gets to meet a girl that he's intimidated by. Yeah, helicopter pilot. Uh. <laughs> Uh, season 1, episode 15. Tuttle. Another very good one. This episode ruled. I did not write any in this ep blurb for this one. Oh, uh, you did come up with an alternate title for it. Oh yeah, Making Up a Guy. No, I assume that's still the pot, the title of this episode. Um, so, yeah. In, uh, in this ep, Hawk and Trap make up a guy. Uh, and it goes out of hand. But... With hilarious consequences. With hilarious consequences. That that I should write for TV Guide. Uh, so, basically, the reason they make up a guy is that they have been smuggling supplies to a nun because she has an orphanage. Yeah, we, we've upgraded to real crimes. Does it count as a crime if you're doing it for orphans, really? That should be in the statute of limitations. If it was for orphans, it's it's legal no matter what. Um, is especially if you're stealing from the military to give to orphans. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like they, I guess with radar, we're just to assume with radar's help, uh, taking some old inventory, giving it to this nun, uh, and the nun asks like. Uh, what commanding officer can we thank for all of these supplies? And and Hawkeye, just being quick-witted, just uh, makes up a guy, oh, you know, Captain Tuttle, mm-hmm. just to, like, get get this situation off off his head. Uh, and she buys it, and then she, she uh, drives away. Uh, and Hawkeye later explains to Trapper, uh, Tuttle was my childhood imaginary friend. Yes. Which is how we got that. Which, honestly, I thought that Radar quote played in the last episode, but I guess... That's fine. Listen, we can play it again. Okay. I I had an imaginary friend when I was a little boy. Terrific. Her name was Shirley. Your imaginary friend was a girl? Mm Mm-hmm. What'd she look like? Like me. Only with tiny little breasts. Out! Out! See, the only thing going against by Hawkeye... Is that he would have uh, recognized the situation immediately and taken radar under his wing. Mm-hmm. And also, Klinger's not in the show enough yet to have done it himself. Uh, let's see. It's funny because we, when we started the episode, we also thought the name Tuttle looked familiar. <laughs> I think it was because I saw it on the Slashy Mash quotes bot. That would make sense. Um, so yeah, like uh, then we kind of fast forward to them drinking in the swamp as they normally do, uh, and Radar comes in uh, and basically says, "Like we need more information on Captain Tuttle." Yeah, because he accidentally lets slip about it to Henry, and Henry believes him, but he's like, "Oh, we should we should give him Officer of the Day. We need somebody to serve as Officer of the Day." Um, or specifically, it's that he has no overtime on on file, and Henry's like, "Well, I think everyone should have overtime at my camp, so make make sure it happens." Mm-hmm. And so now we have to make a real file on Tuttle. 
Uh, there's a PA announcement, and that reaches Frank and Houlihan, and Frank is mad because he thought he was up for Officer of the Day, so he demands to see the personnel file. Um, also, good line from Frank, where he says that uh, Hawkeye and Trap drew fangs on my picture of Senator McCarthy. <laughs> I like it when they bit. I like it when they lean into Frank just being this like god awful like anti-communist moralist weirdo. Yes, not not just jingoistic, but speci- it's it's like if someone had a like signed picture of former US press secretary Sean Spicer. You know? Mm-hmm. Or like a picture of Governor Mike Huckabee. With one of his little joke books. I assume he's written a little joke book. You know Mike Huckabee and all of his dumb little jokes. I don't He what? fancies himself a little comedian. Like in the t- in the typical like right wing way where it's like oh, all these genders, it's one of these days they're gonna start identifying no, as he helicopters. Ju- he just makes really bad dad jokes. And like but like bad ones. Like not even like ironically or charmingly funny ones he's just like bad at it hold on let me get some uh oh hang on i I like this one dems poured out of the house chamber as if someone flushed a commode where were they in such a hurry to go is there a sale at pennies pennies jc pennies you know Rachel Maddow tonight reveals Amelia Earhart and Jimmy Hoffa are found. They married and had a child. Snoop Dogg. Uh, let's see what else is there. This one's just racist. Samson slew Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. CNN, now known as Samson Channel, reports news with jawbone of an ass. Hashtag fake news. Bam! Bam! You got Huckabeed. Didn't his son, like, kill a dog or whatever? <laughs> yeah, no, his son did torture and maybe kill a dog. Anyway, back to... I'm, I'm closing this for our own good. <laughs> for our sanity. None of that's going in. That was awful. <laughs> like hell. <laughs> I'm including this in the description of the podcast. If you if you don't include it, it's gonna make no sense. We're gonna look like idiots. As opposed to right now, where we definitely don't. <laughs> So yeah, to to get Houlihan off the trail, they make sure to include in Tuttle's fake file that he's really hot. Specifically, because I guess they know what Houlihan's type is, even though all of the men we have seen Houlihan fuck do not match this type. Uh, He's like six foot four, auburn eyes, brown hair, you know, full like tall, dark, and handsome. Um... And she falls for it. Uh, she gets so horny that Frank threatens suicide if she leaves him. Which, like, girl. Yet yet another beautiful uh, glimpse into the character of Frank Burns. Uh, you described the creation of Tuttle's personal file as, like, making a tabletop character. <laughs> and right after you said that, Hawkeye said, let's make him a druid. Yeah. <laughs> Because they were deciding on a religion for him, I guess. What, what kind of games like that would have existed at this time? In the 50s or in the 70s? In the 50s. I know... None. Like, yeah, right? It would have just been, like, war games. Yeah. 
Seventies is when D like the earliest D and D kind of started, right? Pretty like, much. Dude. And listen, I'll bitch about D and D for hours, but it was a very you know it laid a lot of foundations. Yeah. What do you know about D and D version one? Is like before even A D and D. Yeah. I know jack shit about like basic Dungeons and Dragons. Hmm. So yeah, like. In doing all of this and, like, creating this web of lies around Captain Tuttle, they accidentally create, like, the next great American folk hero. They make, like, um, Paul Bunyan Mm -hmm. in doctor form. Because now everyone is convinced themselves that Captain Tuttle is real and they have met him before and they have all personally touched their lives in an important way. Frank is, like, asking to be his roommate... Frank is asking to be his roommate, which then makes Henry and, well, Henry think there's, like, something weird going on between Frank and Tuttle. So he's reticent to approve the roommate thing. Mm-hmm. And during all of this, Frank convinces himself that him and Tuttle are best friends. How does it escalate further? Where do we go from here? I, If I recall correctly, Frank starts trying to find Tuttle to talk to him directly. Hawkeye claims he's in post-op, and then Trap and Radar give him the runaround. Um, and then I believe at they, some they, point they, Frank they... says, You're not fit to be in the same camp as a man like Captain Tuttle. <laughs> uh, they eventually lead Frank into the x-ray room in which someone is having an x-ray and i swear to god that guy looked exactly like like bob odenkirk mm-hmm. they had bob odenkirk in that room taking an x-ray uh and for some reason i think radar was dressed up as like a doctor doing the x-ray which i thought like the whole point was that like he would be acting as captain tuttle in this moment and hopefully no one would notice that he's a foot shorter mm-hmm. but that doesn't really come up at all. A, a couple people take on the mantle of Captain Tuttle, or at least one person does. And no one really notices that he is not 6'4", and he does not have brown hair, and he does not have auburn eyes. I mean, the actual upshot of all of this is that eventually Hawkeye is like, okay, we're just going to kill him. Uh, so they pull this scheme where... They apply for back pay that Tuttle is owed, because obviously he never got paid, um, and he just wants it all sent to the orphans, because he's just that he's just he that just, nice a guy. Yes, fantastic guy. Never met a guy quite like Captain Tuttle. Uh, and then General Clayton plans to come down. He's going to award Tuttle a medal, uh, but when he gets there, Hawkeye's like, oh, he died during field surgery. He forgot his parachute. Hello? <laughs> what? It's a really bad excuse. You know Captain Tuttle. He's so heroic. He saw someone injured out on the field. He got in the helicopter himself because he knows how to do that too because he's perfect. Uh, and he was just so brave and ready to heal this man that he jumped out without a parachute. And he died on impact. And so did the guy. It was very tragic. Uh, anyway, Hawkeye gets co-opted to deliver the eulogy, and, you know, he has this whole bit, you know, I think, uh, there's a little Tuttle in all of us. All of us together made up Tuttle. Uh. Frank is crying. Um, and then, 
uh, after all that blows over for like the episode stinger, they settle on like a new guy, uh, Murdoch. If we if we need a fake, if we need another Tuttle, he's Murdoch now. And then the final best joke of the episode is in the credits. Captain Tuttle played by himself. Yeah, no, it's really good. <laughs> they didn't have to include that. That's attention to detail. Yeah, so someone putting the credits together for that episode decided to throw in one last joke, and God bless him. All right, we're halfway through. Uh, so that was uh, Dude, that two, was that was two good episodes in a row. I think that was the best episode we've seen so far. I think so. I think if we can hold on this level of quality for like the rest of the show, I feel like this has been a good show. It did, like the the cadence and like pace of the jokes in this ep felt like a good Simpsons ep to me. Mm-hmm. Like, there wasn't too many sentences without a good one-liner in there, and it was, like, a good one. And the way the uh, plot kind of compounded on itself was was good instead of, like, distracted, like I feel like a lot of these MASH episodes are. Yeah, we'll get to that one. Uh... Anyway, let's talk about the episode where um, Hawkeye and Trapper destroy a man's psyche by claiming that Frank is a homosexual. This is so weird. Okay. Season 1, episode 16, The Ring Banger. Also, like, a, as a title, not too... It, it is only mentioned, like, once. Like, he talks anyway, about him, like, banging in, his rings on the side of a chair. In this episode, Leslie Nielsen! Yeah! This is, like, when he's still kind of a dramatic actor. But, like, you know, he's definitely... If Airplane hasn't come out already, like, he is poised for that shift into full comedy. Yeah. Uh, and that's really the only notable thing about this episode is Leslie Nielsen as Colonel Brighton, mm-hmm. the villain of this ep. Uh, it might seem like I'm copping out on more things to say about it, but that's really all I absorbed here. I mean, that that's the core of the episode. It is... I feel like this is the first time we've really encountered this type of guy on the show, where, like, he is just... Part of it's that he's racist, but part of it is also that he just, like, really wants to kill. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I, so, so I forget, we, is, is either this episode or the next one the first time we hear um, the G-slur on the show? They say it in this episode. I'm pretty sure it's not the first time we've heard it. Um, I'm pretty sure the first time we heard it was uh, the episode with the moose, if you remember. Ah, yes. Uh, it was definitely said in that one. But yeah, so we so uh, the episode opens with them doing Operation on Leslie Nielsen's butt, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. You know, he got shot in the ass. It happens. It happens. Um, and he's like, ah, oh, can I have the bullet as a souvenir? <laughs> wouldn't you? Oh, no, I absolutely would. If something takes gets taken out of my body, I want it in a jar. Even if it's, like, your appendix or something? Of course! Where am I... Where are you supposed to put that? On a very safe shelf. What is... What is it matter how safe the shelf is? It's not like you're putting it back in you. I don't want the shelf collapsing and making a mess. That's a mess I don't want to clean up. You know what? That's fair. Uh... So yeah, they they invite him to the swamp, but they quickly get sick of his attitude. Uh, so they decide, what if we just destroy his psyche? 
He looks good in uh, Hawkeye's robe, though. He does look good in his robe. Uh, here's the problem. Uh, f- is it Frank or Henry that wants him off the base? Because like he's clearly fine. Get him out of here. Uh, I think it's Frank. I think I think it's Frank because he wants to uh, free up beds, which mm-hmm. like you know not a bad point. Um, last time that happened, they just kept him in the swamp. But you know this guy is insufferable and is apparently the Frank Burns of commanders. <laughs> so, uh. So yeah, the, the rest of the episode is essentially uh, what I assume will be a recurring plot in this show is how do we gaslight this racist old man. Uh, and the plan is, okay, step one, we confuse him about where his tent is by just moving all the furniture while he's out and like moving the PA system that is near his Classic tent. move. Classic move. Uh, step two, we make him think Henry's a drunk. Step three, we make him think Frank is a homosexual. Why I kind of lost the plot on why thinking Henry is a drunk is like part of it. And also they tried to work it into the whole scheme by just getting Henry drunk and making making him do something irresponsible, which is just something a drunk would do. <laughs> well, what's your point? The point is, Frank must be really gay. (laughs) Oh, I mean, listen. His relationship with Margaret is clearly not, like, a very functional one. So what do they tell him? Uh, So, like, these would have been slashy mash quotes that I should have included, but, like, dude, I was too lazy this week. You're just gonna have to accept it this week. That it's gonna be a little shoddy on the preparation. I'm sweating right now. I'm, I'm like so, in so a puddle. So am I. I was I was gonna prove it, but like I don't need to. That's not necessary. <laughs> I'm terrified to imagine how you would prove that in an audio medium. Just to you next to me. I I don't need to prove it to I, anyone else. I already know you're sweaty. I'm I am next to you. Okay. Where the hell were we? Um, we were talking about how Frank says some right. shit that sounds gay out of context. Well, well, they have to convince him Frank is gay. So what do they tell him? They they just convince him that he was caught cross-dressing once? Yeah. Okay, and that's all it takes. You know, this was the 50s. They didn't know the difference. Um, and yeah, they also tried to tell him this stuff about Henry... We cut to Henry uh, having a date with one of his his designated nurses, because everyone's got a couple. And, like, I don't care about Henry's relationships. Like, when Hawkeye has a date with a nurse, I'm, like, at least a little invested in it. At least, like, if not, like, plot-wise, then comedically. Sure, because, you know, Hawkeye has charisma, he has good bants. Yeah. It doesn't work when Henry does it. Henry doesn't get to have scenes where he's, like, flirting with the nurse. Mm-hmm. He's, t- he's too much of a loser. He's a little too bumbling. Him and the actor. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they convince Brighton... My notes here say they convince Brighton Frank is gay. And then the next quote is, he is acting gay, though. <laughs> Did you include any of these quotes? No. 
Okay, well, I'm just going to look up the MASH script for this episode real quick. Okay, so the specific thing they say that Frank did was showed up to an air raid in high heels. And, and then they do plant high heels in his corner of the bedroom. And oh, right. Frank is like, ah, oh, Pierce and McIntyre, they're always bringing nurses in here, degenerates. Uh, and then he's like, I want to feel your leg. That's the one. <laughs> uh, so Houlihan also gets involved at this point. She's like, uh, why are you keeping Brighton here? And they're like, oh, his, his confidence is shot. He's he's a sensitive, sad boy. He He needs a strong independent woman with a sharp mind but a soft heart to uh nurse him back to health and maybe make him less racist this time and maybe make him less racist this time um there is a good bit where hulhan asks hawkeye what he's talking about and she's like what am i talking about what am i talking about while like staring daggers at trapper <laughs> <laughs> i forget what i was gonna say uh, is it about Hawkeye convincing Frank that Houlihan is cheating with Buzz, and then... Yes, why would either of them believe anything Hawk and Trap have to say anymore? Because Frank is very stupid. But Houlihan was here and believed it too. Not about this, but about, like, Colonel Brighton being a sad sack that just needs his confidence back. Because Houlihan is very horny. I mean, Leslie Nielsen is a good-looking guy. You're not wrong. Uh, anyway, the important thing about this scene is it's in the shower, and, like, Frank is making some weird faces when he showers. Did you notice this? Yeah, uh, no, I noticed that. He was, you know, like, making over... He was overacting his face when doing things like bracing for water to be in his face, and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, he, he was one step away from, like, just humming to himself the whole time. Like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Like a sim. Why does Frank act like him being with Houlihan is a secret to Hawkeye and Trapper as well? I know their bit is that they it's it's not a secret to anyone, but they keep it a secret from everyone. But Hawkeye and Trapper literally know. I know, I think it's just like, you gotta commit to the bit. It's just annoying, and it just seems like... I don't know, it bugs me. I don't know, I think Frank and Hulan seem like the type of people who would double down, <laughs> if caught. It's like, no, no he, he was helping me test the bed springs. Yeah. Oh, th this isn't the swamp? Oh, I must have taken a wrong turn. How does this episode end? Well, you know, the plan has its whole culmination. Uh, Henry thinks that he has been assigned mandatory small arms training at night. Uh, Wait, and, no, oh and my god. he gets drunk. This, drew, this drove me insane. So, like, they set things up so, like, Houlihan arrives to fuck, uh... Colonel Brighton is not into it, um, and then Drunk Henry shows up with, like, a gun in his hands. He's like, ah, how's it going? Ah, the French. Um, and, you know, it devolves into chaos, and then Radar's like, oh, hey, uh, can you can you just sign these discharge papers real quick? And Henry's like, sure, why not? How'd I do? And he's like, eight out of ten, sir, not enough to get the stipend, but you, you passed. And then the so ep's over. 
Like, why why did we have to lie about Henry being a drunk and then just make him do something a drunk would do? Well, you know, the idea of him being a drunk makes him showing up with a gun more frightening. And remember, he was drunk. (laughs) It is frightening. But it's more frightening if it if seems this like is a th- pattern. This goes. This happens. This happens all the time. Which, given how uh, concerned Henry is about his booze cabinet, every other time something happens to his office, it seems like maybe it does. Earlier in in an earlier episode, their plan to get Henry all buttered up was to get him drunk and go golfing. Huh. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Maybe he is just actually a drunk. Well, so is Hawkeye, so. <laughs> Alright, one more. Oh, let's stretch it out. We're in the home stretch here. <laughs> now this, this is, this is our uh, obligatory, this is a weird one. Just because, like, they put too much episode in this episode. There, there was, yeah, that's it, that's exactly how to put it. Uh, I can't find the page. Hold on, I got that, like, non-Euclidean paper, you know? <laughs> sure. It's right here. Oh, there it is. I'm your radar now. <laughs> this, this is the dynamic we've established. Uh, it is Season 1, Episode 17, Sometimes You Hear the Bullet. Good title. Evocative. Yeah, the, the guy in the episode thinks it's a good title, too. Uh, first note in this episode is... Everyone in this show's got good kimonos. Yeah. Like, everyone's got their, like, established kimono look for when they're just lounging. Uh, and everyone's got a good one. Whoever put put together, like, the matching character to kimono did a good job. I mm-hmm. especially like trappers. The, like, the black one. That's the one I would wear. Uh... So we open up on date night with Frank and Houlihan. They get it all oh, yeah, nicely except, set up. Oh. Except Frank. Frank does not get a kimono. He gets a really, like, ratty, off-red robe that's, like, just worse than Hawkeye's. Mm-hmm. Which is in character for him. Anyway, it's date night with Frank and Houlihan. They, they have set up uh, Houlihan's tent all nice. They are going to be doing some dancing. Strangely, like, sweet and genuine, honestly, for these two. Yeah, usually they get, like, the cheesy, bad flirting. But, you know, this was this was decent. Frank's got some moves. Mm-hmm. But then uh, he throws out his back. Yes, he, do- he does throw his back out. Uh, and Hulan is like, oh, God, we got to take you somewhere else to get treated, because what if we get caught? Um, Hawkeye but, has this... By the way, Frank throwing his back out is treated as if he's gotten, like... Immediate onset rigor mortis. Uh, Hawkeye has this really weird banter with a nurse about olives. Well, I'm glad that we finally got. So I remember us asking where these olives come from. Like, where are they getting these olives? Maybe Radar, you know, acquired them from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out he gets them from China somehow, mm-hmm. which is even less explanation. Um, but then he does say the line, uh, damn commies can't conquer the world with shoddy olives. And ain't that just the truth? We're re- we are really not putting enough into our olive technology as a movement. I'm more of a maraschino cherry kind of girl, though. Or like a lime wedge or a lemon wedge. 
Okay, for like going into drinks, sure. I feel like the main use of the olive is for the oil. It's not what Hawkeye's using it for. Guess I don't not. know if Hawkeye knows that food exists. Yeah, he, he except for the olives that he eats out of his martini glasses. Anyway, uh, you know, Hulahan and Frank call them out there. Hulahan gives this very fun alibi that is just like very obviously nonsense because she's like pointing in the direction of the tent, and then she's like, uh, "He came from here, and he was going over there, and and he slipped and fell." Yeah, and it's like it, it was it was mostly because of the camera work. The good camera work on like following her finger. As it frantically points to different parts of the camp that Frank was or wasn't in while he threw his back out. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then we cut to, you know, Hawkeye being like, well, I guess we gotta figure out how to fix Frank. So we cut to the operating room. Frank is all, like, uh, done up on the bed with a neck brace and all that. Um, He's applied for a purple heart. Yes, so so then it's revealed that he wants to get a purple heart because technically you can argue that the injury happening happening on a mash unit or in a mash unit means it is combat adjacent. Mm-hmm. So that entitles him to a purple heart. The official uh, reasoning being tripped on the way to the shower. So that is what the higher-ups will read before deciding whether or not he gets a purple heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, And naturally, Hawk and Trap are trying to think of a way to thwart this. But honestly, I think Hawkeye would be into the idea of someone getting a purple heart for just tripping on the way to the shower. Or even more meaningless, throwing their back out while dancing. I I feel like that's a prime hawkeye thing to get behind you're not wrong but the thing is that it is frank and above all else he does not want frank to have a w yeah true you you don't want because on because you know frank would like display it in his office oh yeah he absolutely would and every time he gets a patient he's like well you know back when i served in korea and then he points to it you know anyone with the purple heart uh, I don't look inside people on the regular, so I just assume they're red. Hmm. Minus two. You know, so sorry I was trying to like come up with a joke instead of giving you the boring answer, which is I don't hang out with war veterans very much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that I'm a transgender communist. So am I. I've I've ended up in the same room as war veterans. You were an army brat. You know, I would be amazed if you hadn't. I guess you're right. The thing is, war veterans uh, are pretty even, in my experience, pretty evenly split between people whose purple heart is in a box in a basement somewhere and who, people whose purple heart is very conspicuously on a frame in their living room. Mm-hmm. You know, those are like the two halves for me. Makes sense. Uh, so, while they're looking into, you know, taking Houlihan, not, sorry, while they're taking care of Frank, uh, we also get scenes with two other patients. One is an old buddy of Hawkeye's, uh, Tommy Gillis. He got drafted, and he's, like, weirdly into being in the infantry. I guess he's a journalist by trade, so he's like, yeah, I'm gonna write a book, like, from the front lines. Yeah. Like, a, a serious, no-nonsense, like, this is how it really is. Um, uh, 
and, and, he, and he's planning to title it You Never Hear the Bullet because a guy in his unit died and he was like, oh, I didn't hear the bullet. And he's like, yeah. you know, in the movies, Cause, well, there's always a ricochet. And yeah, because so he, he specifically brings up like the movie trope of like this blonde-haired, bushy-tailed boy uh, joining the army and then getting shot and then realizing the army sucks. Uh, and there's always a character like that. And then, in this episode, we get a character like that. So, the other... So, like, him, uh, Hawkeye and his friend are hitting it off. Um, you know, he talks about writing this book. Uh, Hawkeye returns to the, uh, the operating room. Um, there's a kid with uh, some appendix problem there. So, now we have to take care of him. Um, the episode is forgotten about Frank at this point. Just forget about it. He's not in the rest of it. Uh, just kind of one of the things of this episode, kind of yeah, having a little too many, too much to juggle. Oh, uh, so now Hawkeye's like, okay, oh, this is this is a child. This is not an eighteen-year-old man. Yeah. So, so first off, I like the line of um, uh, Hawkeye talking with his friends, being like, oh, you know what? Just fighting the communists over here. You know how it is. And Hawkeye just looks at him and said, you used to be a communist. I don't know. I, I, I like when... Uh... No, I, I respect that. It's a, it's a good line. Um, so Hawkeye is later just on a date. Um, and it's interrupted first by Frank requesting medical attention. There's not really like anything that comes of that. And then he's right back to fucking. No, not a second lost. Uh, but you can't then, lose any more seconds because he keeps getting called away from fucking. Yeah, then he's interrupted another time by um, this baby-faced marine. Uh, he's awake and he's being a bloodthirsty racist about it. Yeah, he's like, I just want to get back on the front lines and and shoot people. He doesn't say people though. Yeah, Hawkeye's like, they're people. They're yeah. human beings, kid. Um, Benjamin Franklin, Hawkeye, not racist. <laughs> Um, we forgot to mention the fourth plotline of this episode, which isn't really anything. Two patients are here for getting in a fight, Wait, which was that? apparently about a salami. This made no sense. It was just like, how do we rip Hawkeye from his date for a fourth time? We're out of, we're out of reasons. Two patients fighting over some salami. <laughs> and for some reason, Hawkeye is the only one that can break it up. So you gotta call Hawkeye in, being like, hey, there's a fight going on. Hawkeye's gotta get his shoes on, go all the way over to the operating room, break up. I, I think you should learn to share the salami. Yeah. If you know what I mean. It, he just basically says, you know, get this guy some salami and shut up about the salami. And then he leaves. <laughs> and then he notices the kid's gone. He's trying to hotwire a car so he can get back to the front. And... And it turns out he's he really wants to be in the army to prove to his girlfriend that dumped him that he's cool and can be in the army like a cool kid and do cool shit in the army. Yeah. Because he sees all those movies that the uh, first guy was talking about. Makes you think. So true. I say it like that, but like it is an, like I do actually think is an interesting thematic through line in this episode of like talking about this specific kind of propaganda that he wants to like 
uh, I, I want to come back to my hometown with a medal and impress Betsy. And yeah, but specifically the journalist being like, I want to combat this like narrative and write about how it really is. Yeah, I get you. And this kid who clearly has not gotten the memo about how it really is yet. Yeah. So the way this all wraps up, we're near the end of the episode now because it kind of comes at you fast. Um, oh yeah, uh, uh, I guess Hawkeye's friend had complications or got shot well, I, again? I, I think his regiment got shot. And, okay. um, yeah, no, he, he is dying. He's clearly out of it. He talks about when he got struck, he did hear the bullet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes Hawkeye rewrite the title of the book to sometimes you hear the bullet. Yeah. Uh, and then we get we get Hawkeye like looking straight at the camera with these big old puppy dog eyes. Yeah, we really turn up the morose Hawkeye for the end of this ep. I feel like like this is why I was kind of annoyed by how much this ep had going on because I feel like this stuff should have maybe been the focal point of its mm-hmm. own episode because Hawkeye brings up some like really interesting points in his like little mini breakdown he has with henry which is like he's crying over this dead friend of his but and he's annoyed with himself because he doesn't cry for all of the other ones Mm. i think there's a lot to dig into there but we kind of just don't have the time because now we have to cut back to dealing with like this 15-year-old kid yeah. or however old he ended up being. Uh, Henry has a good line here. He talks about how the rules of war are number 1 young men die. Number 2 doctors can't change that. And Hawkeye is basically like I will save at least one life today and he resolves to He's going to go to Houlihan, he's going to out this kid, he's going to get him discharged. And I, I like how he goes to Houlihan first, because she, he knows that she will be, like, the ultimate stickler, and, like, make sure this kid gets dinged for it. Mm-hmm. So, like, the kid is pissed off, calling Hawkeye a traitor, saying he'll never forgive him, uh, and, you know, Hawkeye says that, yeah, I hope you will never forgive me. And I hope, I hope it's a long, healthy hate. Yes. Uh, th- then we fade out, and that's the end of the episode, I right? I really wish it was the end of the episode. So, like, I actually... So, we, the last scene is... Um, Frank has gotten his purple heart. Turns out he has gotten approved for his tripping on the way to the shower. Purple heart. Um, Radar opens the little velvet case, and... There's, there's an earring there because uh, Hawkeye swapped it out and he's giving the kid the medal. And I hated this. It ruins the whole point of the episode. The whole point is that you're sending this kid back home and not giving him what he wants because he doesn't know what he wants. Like, what he wants is, is not what he'll get here. And then you give him the medal to brag about anyway. This kid's going to turn into the kind of guy that puts the purple heart on his wall and has to lie about it for the rest of his life. And he probably doesn't even get his high school sweetheart back. Because mm-hmm. that's not how it works. I don't know. It, it really bugged me after what I thought was like, if not like a cohesive episode. Then that, an episode with some ideas. Yeah, and... Yeah, I feel like it was it was very unaware of its own theme there to yeah. to just give the kid what he wants. I do appreciate Hawkeye stealing the purple heart though. I think I just think he should have like 
dumped it in a river or something. Yes. Or or given it to his like dead friend. <gasps> Why the fuck didn't they do that? Just like have a little have, have a little, a little battlefield tribute. funeral, just like popping in his coffin. Fuck. That would have been way better. That would have been so much better. That would you know would have tied the threads together. Well, not the salami one. That was nothing. <laughs> that that but was really nothing. It would have tied the important threads together. Oh man. Season, so yeah, season one is getting better, but we're still tripping up. We're still dropping the ball. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. We're, we're reusing every episode plot, so eventually we'll circle back around. Hawkeye will have dozens of dead friends by the end of the show. Great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we take it to the close, can you give us the other slashy mash quotes from this episode? Oh, yes. Uh, let's just go through them real quick, at least the ones that I have uh, set up. If I could find the mouse cursor, this is the hard part right here. There uh, it is. Yep. No, I got it. Okay. I got it. Uh, what's this one? Height, six feet four. Oh, this is Captain Tuttle. Weight, 195 pounds. Hair, auburn. <laughs> Eyes, hazel. Hawkeye. Hmm? I think I'm in love. Trapper doesn't sell it as much as Hawkeye could. No, but I appreciate the attempt. Uh, what's quote one? Uh, what are you doing? What are we doing? Just a little pillow talk, but don't tell the house mother. Oh, right. I think that's when uh, Hawkeye and Trapper get caught in hulahan's bed and they're like yes well well we tried the others but this that one was too hard and that one was too soft <laughs> that was a good bit hey, uh and what's quote four here radar there's something going on with major burns uh yes sir with major hulahan i know one guy who got pictures no i mean with captain tuttle major burns and captain tuttle sir uh, not as slashy but you can you know what does what, what does it mean if I tell if I like slyly say someone is a uh, you know friend of Captain Tuttle? <laughs> I, mean, I think it means that they're engaging in simple sabotage. <laughs> that seems like the kind of shit that Hawkeye would do. Man, I loved Captain Tuttle. I hope he shows up in a later season. Zach, he died. Show some respect. In a flashback. Oh, okay. I hope he gets a spinoff. <laughs> they, they did so many spinoffs to the show, and none of them were T asterisk U asterisk T asterisk T asterisk L asterisk E. And that was a real unforced error on their part. Oh, I'm sweating so much. We need to end the episode. All right. Bye, y'all. Oh, that's the wrong one. I'm dying, <laughs> Squirtle. You could have just played it off. You didn't have to call attention to it. <laughs>